0: Hi, I'm Pastor Daniel and welcome to Edge Church Podcast. To get connected, visit our website, edgechurch.co.za or send us a WhatsApp on 076-032-3664. Say hi, and we will connect with you. Our full services can be found on our YouTube channel, but enjoy listening to the sermon. I don't know about you, but but the last few weeks or the last few weeks as we've started 2020 have been so significant for us as a church. I don't know about you, but 2021 for for many of us have left us feeling with no hope. Maybe our hope has leaked. Maybe we've lost hope. Maybe we don't even know where to find hope anymore. But we started off this year strong. Pastor Pedro brought us an incredible word speaking about this living hope, this living hope that we have in Jesus and something that, that he said that really stuck out to me since the 2nd of January, two weeks ago, was that this living hope, this living hope that we have access to every single day, this living hope anchors you and me today, church, to the promises of a faithful, faithful God. I don't know about you, but for me, that's encouraging. I don't know about you, but in moments when I feel like I don't have hope or that God couldn't possibly be working, I know that a living hope anchors me anchors my circumstances, anchors my world to the promises of our faithful God. And then last week, Pastor Bobby took that a step further. She, she brought us a brilliant message called a stubborn hope. Don't switch off like she said, a stubborn hope, is there's nothing negative about stubborn hope. A hope that is not found in circumstances or things or situations or goals or bank accounts, but it's found in a person, the person of Jesus. It's a hope that's unchanging. Maybe that's where the the word stubborn comes from, unchanging, immovable. And as we walk into this year, on the back of what has been a difficult past couple of years, as we walk into this year, we are called to go with this stubborn hope. We are called to walk with this stubborn hope. And something again that that Pastor Bobby said that really stuck out to me, that I spent this week meditating on, is this thought that stubborn hope is developed in the place of solitude that place where you spend time alone with God. It's in that place that we find our hope. It's in that place where we find peace. It's in that place where we find joy. It's in that place when we know that we are unconditionally loved by an unchanging God. It is in that solid moments of solitude with our Father that as we go, we go with this thought. As we go, we go knowing that because of God, because of the person of Jesus, we go with hope. As we go into this year, we know that the the winds and the waves will blow and come, but we have an unchanging God that loves us, an unchanging hope that sustains us. As we go, we go with that truth, church. And I'm not sure about you, but can you believe that we are already halfway through the month, I know you're probably thinking, oh, but it's probably like the 60th of January already, and I know for many of us it feels that way, but the year's only getting going now. I mean, I, I look at all my friends and, and a lot of our friends have gone back to work this week. They started on Monday the 10th, and I know most people do. Or maybe you were lucky and you're like, I'm gonna take an extra week, so you go back tomorrow. We're not jealous at all, but that's on you. We're grateful that you got some time to rest. And schools go back. So now we're like, schools go back and you're like, okay, now the year is starting. Now I can kick the kids out of the house and I can have a couple of days to myself. And now the year really gets going. Parents, you can relate, right? Can I tell you, from a kid's perspective that doesn't have kids of my own, I was just as grateful to go back to school than I was being cooped up at home. Because you know that last couple of days, you're just like, I'm done. I don't want to be at home anymore. I want to see my friends. I want to go and be at school with all my friends, spend time at break. That was what I looked forward to at the end of holidays. And I know that this year, this new year that represents new starts, a fresh beginning, resolutions, change, new challenges. We think of those Instagram quotes that we see or those Facebook memes that we see about all these new things and how this year is gonna be the best year and how this year is gonna be so much better and I'm claiming this year as my year. Maybe you've even posted that. And that's great. We love that we we can go into this year with optimism. You know, how many of you have still, or how many of us, I'm gonna include myself in this, how many of us have still got our our resolutions going strong? It was a vulnerable moment. We can be honest, that's okay. Don't need to hide in church. We can come as we are. We are loved unconditionally anyway. I made some, I didn't even call them resolutions this year. This year I thought I'm gonna do something different. I'm gonna call them aims. Aims almost give you some leeway because you know what? Like I'm aiming towards this. I'm not committing to it. I'm aiming in this direction. And my aims have been going strong this year. I've aimed. To read more. It's good. It's gotten off to a good start reading a really good book at the moment. I've aimed to be active. Doesn't look like it, but I have been. We we carried boxes and boxes and furniture and furniture and I claim that as my active day. Um still sore today, and that was like three days ago, so that's an active week. I'm just gonna bank it as a week. But we also know that the last two years, the last couple of months haven't just left. We're still in the middle of a pandemic. We are still Facing a government that is struggling to, to find its feet. We are still in the same struggling economy. Many other situations, maybe besides all of those things, have leaked into this year. And I use that word intentionally leaked. Because for many of us, we don't plan for it to be this way. We had hoped that this new start, this fresh start, the 1 January 2022, that that would be the start of something new. But doesn't life just have a way of leaking? Don't circumstances just have a way of leaking unintentionally into what we find ourselves in this morning? And we must acknowledge, church, that those are very real situations that we find ourselves in, and that's okay. But we also need to acknowledge today, church, that God's word is still good, that He's still faithful, that He still wants good for you and for me. Pastor Daniel spoke this prophetically over us as a church, Psalm 23, verse 18. I'm sure we know it off by heart already, but if we don't, I'm gonna read it to us and it's gonna pop up on screen. Your future is bright and filled with a living hope that will never fade away. Can we get excited about that this morning? Your future is bright and filled with a living hope that will never fade away. That's God's word for us this morning. But you might go, but these two things don't add up. How can we still be facing the very same things that we are facing right now? But at the same time, God, you are telling me that my future is bright and that it is filled with a living hope. Surely those two things don't add up. If anything, they are opposite of one another. They fight against one another. And it's into this very space, into this tension, into this gap where we're going to spend, spend some time around God's word this morning. The title of my message, if you are taking notes, is called Start Well. Start Well, I wanna take a moment to pray. God, I thank you that as we come under your word this morning, Jesus, that you'd begin to speak to us. God, that your word that is unchanging and unshaken and immovable, God, that your word, that word, would begin to minister to you and I today. Holy Spirit, come. Come into the hearts of your people today, church. As we sit here, God, would you begin to speak to us, encourage us, remind us that we can start well. God, we love you. We are looking forward to see you change something in our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As we look at what start well could mean for us today, I want us to look at a portion of scripture from one of my favorite authors in the Bible, and that is Paul, Paul the Apostle. You see in the text that we are about to read, it's actually a letter that Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica. And he actually wrote two letters to that church specifically. We know that Paul wrote most of the New Testament, but he wrote two letters specifically to the church in Thessalonica. And today I want us to focus on the first one. Both are very, very good, and both are something that I would encourage us to go and read over the next week. But today specifically, we're going to look at the first letter. You see, as I read through these letters, especially like I said, 1 Thessalonians, I can't help but draw parallels between the church that Paul's writing to in Thessalonica and us here today. I can't help but draw parallels between the church in Thessalonica and where they found themselves to, where you and I find ourselves today. And also I can't help but draw parallels between where we find ourselves here at Edge Church, in Edgemead 16, Anton Anreith, and the global church, the capital C church, the church of the world. There's so many parallels that we can draw from this letter. You see, 1 Thessalonians is a letter that Paul writes to the church in Thessalonica, and it's actually a letter of encouragement He starts the letter by thanking them for how they had grown, how they were loving God and growing in their love for God, how they were loving people and growing in their love for people. They were a new church, a new church plant that that Paul had been part of planting. And here he was writing to them after he had left them to encourage them to keep going. And if if you are like me, you might be thinking, but why would they need encouragement if it says that they were doing well? That they were growing, that their love for God was deepening, that their love for people was increasing. Why would they need encouragement? You see, the scholars say that the church was growing, and because the church was growing, they were going throughout the region. So it wasn't just their local church that was growing. They were spreading the gospel. Why would they need encouragement? But while this was happening, while this was happening, I love that thought, while this was happening. Isn't that like life sometimes? Like it's going a certain way. We, we walk in in victory. We walk in in the truth that, that God is good to us. We know this. You see that, breath, that blessing that I'd prayed for for so long? I'm living in it right now. That struggle that I thought would plague me for the rest of my life, God's come through and He's answered that. And that's the space that I'm living in. But while this was happening, like I said, 2021 has leaked into this year. While this was happening, what has leaked into while this was happening? And you see, for the Thessalonica church, while this was happening, was that they were facing extreme persecution from the region, from the Greeks in that region. And I can imagine that Paul knew this. I can imagine that he must have been receiving word from the church that, that, you know what, we're under this extreme persecution. And perhaps I'm just wondering here if they were beginning to lose hope, beginning to feel like this was sort of not something that they could sustain anymore. Perhaps they were ready to give up, and it's for this reason that Paul writes to encourage them. It's for this reason that he he goes, my heart breaks for the church in Thessalonica. I need to encourage them. What can I write to them to tell them that they need to keep going, to tell them that they, they need to keep pressing on, that the persecution that they face is okay, but they need to keep trusting God not to give up, and the more I read, the more I realize that that is so true for us this morning that where we find ourselves is probably in a very similar place to what the church in Thessalonica did. For many of us, we've been growing in our love for God. Our relationship with Him has been developing and deepening and maturing. And and because of that, we've been growing in our love for people. We've been making new friends. We've been building relationships. We've been praying for one another. We've been serving each other out of acts of love. We've been obedient to all that God's called us to do. We keep trusting Him. We keep praying, we keep seeking him, we keep doing all the right things. We've been praying. But maybe for many of us, for very justifiable reasons, just like the church in Thessalonica, we find ourselves under siege or in a moment of, of facing persecution where it's becoming more and more difficult to keep going. When it's becoming easier and easier to give up where doubt is causing us to go, God, are you still good? Do you still see me? Do you still know what I'm going through? Now, obviously, we're not being persecuted in the very same way. Well, I hope, I hope not anyway, but, but can we be honest that many of us have endured seasons that have been very, very difficult of late? Many of us have walked through stuff that, that we would wish no one would have to walk through. We've had to face hardship and struggle and pain and job loss and pandemic, the economy, the racial and the political tension that we face as a country that doesn't seem to go away, no matter how long it's been, no matter how much we pray, it's just it's still there. Yeah. Or maybe it's been that we can't see our family and friends, people that we've been longing to see for the past two years that just can't get here because of lockdown and travel restrictions and all of these things. And maybe it's the mental health battle that we're facing being locked up at home. Maybe we find ourselves in dark seasons or maybe it's a health battle that we fight in. The cancer, the COVID, the whatever it is that, that is keeping us homebound. Maybe it's even the death of someone very, very dear to us. And many of us, we have every reason to give up on God. We have every reason to go, it's probably better for me just to walk away right now. How could my future be filled with a living hope? How could that word possibly be true? And again, I wanna remind us of what Pastor Bobby said last week. I wanna remind us that the facts are the facts and we need to face them but also need to remind us church that the word of God is the truth, that it's unchanging, that it is our firm foundation and we need to hold the facts up against the word of God and we need to take the word of God and hold it up to our facts and we need to say now you need to bow down to the unchanging word and promise of God. You see, Proverbs 23 isn't just something we say. Proverbs 23 is is a heartbeat of our church. It's a heartbeat of us as a people and church, it is God's word that is unchanging, that stands the test of time, that stands the test of circumstance, that stands the test of how I feel, doesn't change. Your future is bright, church, and it is filled with a living hope that will never fade away. God's word doesn't change. God's word doesn't change. That needs to encourage us this morning. That needs to put a spring in our step this morning, despite, and again, we're not denying the the very obvious um, struggle and hardship that we might be going through this morning. But God's word doesn't change. We can hold on to the promises of our faithful God. Why? Because that's what His word says. His word says that we can hold on to it because it's unchanging, it doesn't move or go away. The future is bright. And knowing that the future is bright, this is what we want to speak into this morning. That knowing that the future is bright and filled with living hope, we can start well. I love what Paul is—that is, um, Paul writes as he closes off the letter in 1 Thessalonians 5. You see, Paul writes these, these four chapters before, and he's teaching and encouraging and, and keep them going forward and pressing on and keep doing what you were doing. This is what he's writing to them. This is large teaching that Paul has given to him. And this is not something that we only see Paul doing. In fact, we actually see it from Jesus. Jesus would teach the people and they would document what Jesus was saying, but then you'd always say, but one final thought. One concluding idea. And that for many of us, that needs to be, oh, okay, maybe I didn't listen for the past four chapters, but now I need to listen. Maybe I missed the whole sermon, but now I need to pay attention. And this is the one final thought or one of the final thoughts that Paul wants to encourage us with. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 16 to 18 says, Always be joyful. Never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Or maybe it is, as it is written in the message translation, be cheerful no matter what. Pray all the time. Thank God no matter what happens. This is the way God wants you to belong to Christ Je- Wants you who belong to Christ Jesus to live. As we look to start this, while, this year, Wild Church, I believe that, that these three very, very short verses need to characterize who we are. That these very three the three very short verses need to be wallmarks and character traits of us as people of God. That to start well, we need to be a people that are always joyful. That to start well, we need to be a people that always pray. That to start well, we need to be a people that are filled with gratitude towards God and all that he is doing. And the question might be, but how do we start well? How do we do this? Paul, very well that you say this, but how do we do this? And I believe that these three practices, these three habits are key to starting well this year. This is what Paul encourages us with. Number one, always be joyful. Number two, never stop praying. Number three, be thankful in all circumstances. And today I wonder if we could take a look, if we could narrow into what each of those three things could mean for you and I this morning as we start this year well. Number one, always be joyful. Everyone say, always be joyful. joyful. Come on, church, we're gonna be excited today. The dictionary defines joy as the following, a feeling of great pleasure and happiness. I find it so funny how Paul, Paul in his wisdom, I love Paul, but I find it so funny how he would decide to start with this one. Like, did he think that this would be the easiest one? Oh, just be joyful, that's fine. This would be the one that they would get and hold on to, and would have no problems with. This would be a good base from which to start. And I know for me, and I wonder if it would be for many of us, finding joy is often something that we base in the circumstances we find ourselves in. Finding joy is based in the fact that I have a job. Because of my job, I have joy. Because of my family, I have joy. Because of my health, I have joy. Because I have a new car, I have joy. Because I have a new iPhone, I have joy. Because I have so many friends, I have joy. And those things are all very good things or reasons to have joy for, and we must celebrate them. We must celebrate the goodness of God. But also too often, what happens is, is that the absence of those things leave us feeling empty, devoid of joy. I have no reason to be joyful, Justin. Just look at my life. I have no reason to, jo- to be joyful, Justin. I have no job. My family, we're fighting at the moment. My health, I've been battling this for too long. I don't have reason to be joyful. And I think it's for that very reason, that very truth that this is why Paul would list it first. I think it's for that very reason that he knew the secret. You see, he knew Jesus, and he knew that joy isn't found in something, or circumstances, or things that happen, or don't happen, or what we do, or don't. Do You see, Paul knew that joy is found in someone, not just anyone, not our boyfriend or our girlfriend, our husband or our wife, my teacher, my colleague, my boss, not in them. No, our joy is found in someone, that someone is Jesus. And if we are to start this year well, if we are to start this year with joy, we need to know that our joy is found in the person of Jesus today, church. That if we are to start this year well, we need to know that our source of joy is Jesus. Our source of joy is in our relationship with Him first and foremost. And this is why I think Paul would encourage the Thessalonica Thessalonica church with it. And this is why I believe that he would encourage us with it. He was reminding them that in in the face of the persecution that they were facing, in the face of what we are going through, the season that we find ourselves in right now, in the face of that, hold up the reality. In the face of that, our joy is still found in Jesus. And that is what we need to hold on to this morning. You see, joy isn't based on what we find ourselves in. Joy is based in who our saviour is. I love what James 1 verse 2 to 4 says, Dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. Doesn't make sense. Doesn't need to. That's okay. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow, for when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. Needing nothing. Or maybe 1 Peter 1 verse 7, so be truly glad. I wonder if there's a theme here. Be truly glad there is wonderful joy ahead, even when, even though you must endure many trials for a little while. Kind of seems like us, right? There's wonderful joy ahead. The future is bright and filled with a loving hope, but troubles... Will come. These trials will show that you will, your faith is genuine. It has been tested as fire tests and purifies gold, though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong, I love that. When your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much, much praise and glory and honor on the day when Christ Jesus is revealed to the entire world. Again, just this overwhelming reminder that joy isn't found in what we find ourselves in. It is found in the person of Jesus, our source of living hope. And because it is found in Jesus that isn't changing, that doesn't change from day to day, because our source of joy is there, we can choose joy despite. We can choose joy despite. Church, I wanna encourage us to start this year well, by making a decision, an active decision, to choose joy even when it doesn't make sense to us even though it doesn't make sense to those around us, we can still choose joy because of Jesus. Philippians 4, and this is Paul writing again, it's always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. And here is a key phrase that for me really highlights what God is trying to say to me and to us through this. It's in the Lord. In the Lord. It's in the quiet place, that place of solitude, that place of just you and God the place where we go to, to go and spend time with Jesus, it's in that place, in the Lord, where we find joy, in the Lord. And you might be going, but Justin, you don't know my life. You don't know the anxiety or the depression or the worry or the fear. I don't know yours, but I know mine. And you see what I found in moments of lying awake at night and, and worrying about what the future holds, I found that in those moments I've retreated to the safe space of that, that place of solitude with God. And and in those moments I might not have very many words. I might just go, God, here here, here I am. Look at this troubled heart. Here I am, look at my anxious mind. And it's in that place where I'm reminded that I can find joy despite. Despite And you know what, in those moments of, of not having words, I've not been able to articulate exactly what is happening. I find myself memorizing this verse. And I'd pray this verse over and over and over and over. And that would be the only words that sometimes I could get out of my mouth. But you know what? That made all the difference. Psalm 46 says this, be still. Justin, just be still. Be still and know that I am God. And what I'd do over and over and over again, I'd say, Justin, be still. Take a deep breath and know that I am God. And hear me, church, that doesn't make us some happy, clappy Christians because we are oblivious to what is happening around us. You see, choosing joy isn't just something that, that makes things better. Choosing joy doesn't solve the world's problems. Doesn't make us oblivious to what is happening around us. You see, choosing joy is a conscious, active, intentional decision to be joyful even in the middle of what is happening because we know that God is always in control. Conscious, active, intentional decision because it's not based on circumstances. It's based on knowing that God is our source of joy. Again, I believe the pattern here is intentional. That we must choose joy first. That once we know that God is our source of joy, we can choose God or choose joy in the face of everything that we find ourselves facing today. Always be joyful. Number two, say never stop praying. Come on, church, never stop praying. This is a good day. It's Sunday, we need to celebrate. And again, yeah, I believe that the pattern is also intentional. See, always be joyful now, never stop praying. Once we fully realize that joy is found in a person and that person is Jesus, our relationship with Jesus is what makes us move forward in prayer. Our relationship with Jesus and what God calls from us is to deepen this relationship with Him. He's going, I want you to grow in the Lord. I want you to grow this relationship with me. I want you to mature as we walk this journey of life together. You you know, at each church, we've been called to love God, love people. We wanna grow in our love for God. We wanna grow in this relationship that we have with Him and one of the easiest and the key ways for us to grow in this relationship with God, to develop this relationship with God is to spend time in prayer by talking to Him. We have a relationship with the God of the universe, this God that is overall, above all, through all, this God that is is present from the beginning of time to the end of eternity, this God that is so great, so big, so over all, this God is still personal to you and me. This God would still want to listen to you and me as we come to him in prayer. And again, I believe that Paul knew the secret here. He knew that being in a relationship with God and us committing to develop this relationship by creating intentional time to pray was what the Thessalonians needed. He knew that if they just went, God, 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 here I am. God, this is what I'm facing. God, this is the persecution we are under. God, how can you help me? He knew that them just turning to God would be an encouragement to them. I love what he says in Philippians 4. It says, don't worry about about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything you can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. Praise our access to a loving Father that is above every situation that we face. I love that. Don't worry, pray. Don't worry, pray. You see, for me, I I like to internalize the Bible and and what I would write for myself is this. Don't worry about anything. Instead, praying about anything everything until you have no reason to worry anymore. That's what I would write. That was what my life would be characterized by. You see, praying might not change the situation that we find ourselves in. It might just not go away. But what praying will do is it will change my perspective. It will help me to see that even in the mess that I find myself in right now, even in the persecution, the hardship, the trouble that I find myself in right now, even there, we have a reason to be joyful. Even there, we can see God at work. Even there, we know that God is faithful to us. I love Romans 8:28, and we know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love Him and are called according to His purposes for them. Church this year? Could we pause? Could we create moments in our day? Just to be intentional about praying? To start our day while well, to start our year while well, to start our week while well, could we just begin to be intentional about creating a moment just to pray? And you might be going, but I don't wanna go up onto, or into the desert for 40 days and spend my week praying in prayer and fasting. Mm-hmm. But what we can do yeah. is before that meeting, yeah. God, would you be with me? Yeah, or as we, drive in, as we drive into work, now that the traffic is obviously gonna pick up again because everyone's back at work, God, today's your day. Would you help me to do what you need me to do today? Or when you need to have a tough conversation with a colleague or a friend or a family member, God, would you you give me so much wisdom in this? Would you help me to deliver this in a way that would make people know that I still love them? Or maybe in moments of frustration, you go, God, would you just help me? Would you help me to control my temper? Would, Would you help me to know that this is probably not the best situation to be in right now? I don't know what it is, but there are so many ways that we can be intentional about creating moments to pray throughout the day, throughout the day. God, thank you. Never stop praying. And lastly, number three, everyone say, be thankful in all circumstances. circumstances. And again, intentional, I believe. Be joyful. We can choose joy because we know Jesus. Number three, or number two, pray always because we want to develop this relationship with our Father. And now, because of that, we can be thankful. Because of that, we can be thankful. And you might be saying, But I have no reason to be thankful for. I want to encourage us. We do. That is God. We have a reason to be thankful because God is good. In everything that we face, in every trouble that we walk through, in every season of hurt that we endure, God doesn't change and I don't want to minimize what we are facing right now but I know that we serve a God that is unchanging that he wants to work everything for the good of those who love him that's you and me this morning and because of that very truth we have every reason to be thankful this morning church be thankful in all circumstances this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus that is what God wants for you and for me He desires that we know that He is good, that He is a good Father. And because He is a good Father, we have a reason to be thankful. Life this year may give us many reasons not to be thankful. Face troubles of many kinds this year. But as we commit to being people that start well, we can choose again to be thankful. Ephesians 5.20 says this, and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And just like our joy is found in Jesus and who He is, so is our reason to be thankful. It's always about Jesus, it's always because of Jesus that we have a reason to be thankful. And maybe that one reason, that one truth is enough to change our entire perspective. Psalm 136 is probably one of the the greatest declarations that I've read about God and who God is about his nature about his character and it's one of the reasons why we can be thankful I want to encourage you to go spend time reading it this week Psalm 136 if you don't read anything else this week Psalm 136 if it's a good place to start maybe you haven't read your Bible ever or in a long time Psalm 136 It starts in verse one and says, give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. That's Him. It's not me, that's Him. His faithful love endures forever. We know that we serve an unchanging God. We know that His Word says that He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And because of that, we can declare this verse no matter where we find ourselves. Because He's unchanging, we can stand on the truth of this verse, that He is good, that His faithful love endures forever, that we can be thankful because of that. And church, here is a prayer that I've been praying over us this week. Praying over me, praying over you. Romans 8.38 says this, I've just been so overwhelmed by this truth, reading this even right now. And I am convinced, maybe I need a lot of convincing, but I am convinced that nothing can separate us from God's love, neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today, nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Overwhelmed by that truth. And I am loved by a God that is unchanging. That is a reason to give him thanks this morning. That is a reason to give him thanks. And as we leave today, I hope that we would leave knowing that God is a good God. And because God is a good God, we have, He has good plan for you and for me. And because we leave knowing that, we can be intentional about stopping and just saying, God, thank you. Thank you that I'm here this morning. Thank you that you woke me up, that you brought me here. Thank you that your love for me is unchanging, that it endures forever. Maybe we need to go home today and take, and be intentional about creating a gratitude list. Maybe we just need to take a piece of paper and just be going, God, thank you for my life. Thank you for my family. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my house. Thank you for my children. Thank you for, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. you." Whatever it is that we need to say thank you for. Maybe that's what we need to go do this morning. This week, this year, would we hold on to this truth? That we are loved by a faithful God. God, you love us, and for that very reason, I can be thankful. Psalm 136 again, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His faithful love endures forever. One Thessalonians, always be joyful, church. Never stop praying, be thankful in all circumstances. As we begin to practice these things, as we begin to put these habits in place in our lives, could you begin to imagine what the future could hold? Could you begin to imagine what God might do in you and through you but maybe take it one step further could you begin to imagine how you'd carry everything that this year offers that the work that God does inside us would change the way we see whatever happens to us this year like the church in Thessalonica facing persecution of every kind we have an opportunity today to choose joy We know today that we have access to a Father in heaven that loves us unconditionally. And because of those two truths, we have every reason to be thankful. Maybe today as I've spoken about this relationship with God, as I've spoken about this Jesus person that we find our joy, that gives us access to a God in heaven, that we have a reason to be thankful for. Maybe as I've spoken about this Jesus today, you've recognized that you actually don't know God. Or maybe you once knew God, but now you find yourself very, very far from Him. And with heads bowed and eyes closed all across this place, I want to invite us into this moment, a moment where we can just be, a moment when we can just say, God, here I am. Here I am, God. This morning, if that is you and you saying, I don't have a relationship with Jesus yet. This morning, I want us to know that there's an invitation for you this morning, that this moment has been designed with you in mind, that God would set this moment up for you, that He's here waiting for you in this moment, that God pursues you, that He runs after you, that he would open up his arms of love so that you could just come into his presence. That he is here. That he is here. And if that is you, I would love to lead us in a prayer. If that is you, I'd love for you to to make this your prayer this morning. And as I pray, I want to invite you into a relationship with our God in heaven and as I pray as I begin to pray maybe that is you you've recognized that you don't know Jesus yet or or maybe you once did but now you don't you're very far away from him as we in this moment maybe God's spoken to you maybe there's been a tug at your heart that you can't explain with words but I can I want to encourage you that's the Holy Spirit beginning to minister to you and I would love to know who I am praying for so I can pray for you specifically Not to call out any names or anything like that, but I just want to know that I'm praying for someone personally this morning. And I want to invite you, if that is you, all across this place, if that is you, would you begin? Would you just raise your hand really quickly? I'm going to look over the auditorium a couple of times just to know that I'm praying for that person. Jesus, we thank you. And now, if that is you with hands raised all across this place, maybe we can all just spend time in prayer. I want to lead us in this prayer. And if that is you, make this your prayer this morning. Father, here I am. Didn't know that I needed you, but God, I know that you are calling me home this morning right now. God, I thank you that you see me, that you see me. God, I thank you that your arms are open in love, that you welcome me home into a relationship with you. God, I know that I've messed up. I know that I've sinned. I know that I'm probably disqualified, but that doesn't stop you. Here's my sin, I give it to you now, God. Here's my shame, I lift it to you. Here's the guilt, God, Would you take it? And God, now I receive your son, Jesus, that died on a cross for me for this very moment. I thank you, Jesus, that I am in a relationship with you right now. God, I love you. I pray that you'd help me to take steps to grow this relationship further from year on out. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, church, it says in the Bible that heaven celebrates when anyone comes to know God. So can we celebrate too with the many people that have raised their hands this morning?